Welcome to the Sant Mat Satsang Podcast, a production of Spiritual Awakening Radio. A satsang, a spiritual gathering without walls. Rising above, hearing the sound current, and entering the kingdom of heaven. My focus today. The sound of God's voice said, Let there be, and all became. In the beginning was the Word, in the beginning was the Logos, in the beginning was the Tao, the Shabda, the Nada, the Satisarmad. It says in the apocryphal Acts of John, what else is Christ but the sound of God? The Divine Logos is the helmsman and governor of the universe. The everlasting Logos of the Eternal God is the very sure and staunch prop of the whole. But the shadow of God is his word, his Logos, which he used like an instrument when he was making the world. A quote from Philo of Alexandria. It is he to whom the universe has come. They were silent before him and have not told of him for he is beyond speech, beyond thought. So this is the first fountain. It is he whose voice has penetrated in every place. This is the first sound vibrating until the universe hears and understands. A passage from the Bruce Codex of Egypt. The word is imprisoned in the dust of Adam that these children of the dust, these children of Adam, might be liberated. A paraphrase of something from Jacob of Sarug, from the Syriac East. Gospel of Thomas, saying 108, Whoever drinks from my mouth will become like me. I myself shall become that person and the hidden things will be revealed to that one. This is some poetry from the Master of Qumran in the Dead Sea Scriptures. Behold, my heart was amazed that thus the Word was revealed to one with ears unattuned, and that a wayward heart was able to grasp these things. The English mystic Richard Roll reflects in his spiritual classic, The Fire of Love. When Christ wishes it, he receives within himself the song sent into him from the heavens, and his meditation is changed into melody, and his spirit lingers in marvelous harmony. In the light of God, which is called the kingdom of heaven, the sound is wholly soft, pleasant, lovely, pure, and thin. God, who is spirit, has by and through his manifestation introduced himself into distinct spirits, which are the voices of his eternal pregnant harmony in the manifested word of his great kingdom of joy. They are God's instrument in which his spirit melodizes in his kingdom of joy. They are angels, the flames of fire and light in a living, 
understanding dominion. If you should in this world bring many thousand sorts of musical instruments together, and all should be tuned in the best manner most artificially, and the most skillful masters of music should play on them in concert together, all would be no more than the howlings and barkings of dogs in comparison to the divine music which rises through the divine sound and tunes from eternity to eternity. That passage comes from the writings of Jacob Boma, the German mystic. One of the first mystics I studied when I was beginning my spiritual journey. The book, The Confessions of Jacob Bohem or Jacob Boma. Sometime, therefore, after one has risen to the sphere of serenity, they will participate with God in the revelation of his mysteries, and will in consequence see and hear everything there in a spiritual way, and their service and the glorification of their song will always be joined with those of the spiritual beings. Blessed is the one who has been found worthy of this gift and of this confidence, and seen this glorious vision with the eyes of their mind, and heard with the ears of the heart the fine sound which from the state of serenity is revealed to a spiritual person. Believe me truly when I say to you that Whenever the mind hears the sound of the spiritual beings with its intelligible ears, all its work is performed high above the senses of the body and of its own faculties, which becomes silent and restful as in sleep. Through the happiness which it receives from the glorification of the spiritual beings, that's a passage I found the other day in the writings of Joseph Haziah, also known as Joseph the Visionary, translated from Syriac Aramaic by Alphonse Mingana in one of the first books representing an anthology of Syriac mystics of the East, a book called Early Christian Mystics. Seeing and hearing with spiritual senses, perceiving into the new world of the kingdom of God, above body consciousness, above this material world. Rumi says, rise above thy mental horizon, O brave soul, and listen to the call of music coming from above. Bring the sky beneath your feet and listen to celestial music everywhere, says Rumi. The sound is vibrating in the whole of creation. When you open your inner ear, you will hear a continuous sound, which will lead you across all limitations of mind and matter. My beloved is speaking to you all the time. Alas, you do not hear his voice. A verse from Shah Nayez, a Sufi mystic. The whole world is reverberating with sound. To listen to it, thou must unseal thine inner ears, then shalt thou hear, 
and unending music, and that shall lead thee beyond the confines of death. Also from Shah Nayaz. The person who is in tune with the universe becomes like a radio receiver through which the voice of the universe is transmitted, said Hazrat Anayat Khan. The vibrations of this sound are too fine to be either audible or visible to the material eyes or ears, said Hazrat Anayat Khan. Yet, as masters and mystics often point out, there is another kind of hearing and another kind of seeing. The eyes and ears of the soul, the spiritual senses, can be developed. There is light coming from beyond the darkness, and there is music coming from beyond the silence for those who have ears to hear, those who desire to meditate and discover the wonders of inner space for themselves. Masters always come and initiate people into the mysteries of the kingdom of the heavens, imparting the meditation techniques, the contemplative practices, whereby we may rise above body consciousness and experience inner seeing, inner hearing, inner exploration of inner space, the kingdom of the heavens, saying, I will give you what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what has never occurred to the human mind. Julian P. Johnson, author of Path of the Masters, once said, This creative current filling all space may be likened to the electromagnetic waves of the radio. The great creative current flows outwards and downwards to create, govern, and sustain all regions. It passes out from this region somewhat like the radio emanations going forth from a great broadcasting station. It is the audible life stream, the most important factor in the system of the masters. This stream permeates the entire system of the universe. A thing of great importance to us is that the music of this ever-flowing current, the stream of life, can be heard by a real master, and also by his students who have advanced even a little on the path. Julian P. Johnson, Path of the Masters. Here described not as the name of a sect, but an inner path of the soul to the Supreme Being, a path invented by God within that we may take as souls, ascending back to our true spiritual home. It is a current from the ocean of consciousness and is characterized by sound vibration, or in other words, it is a live and active principle which emanating from God is enlivening all creation. It is the instrument with which God creates, controls, and sustains his vast universe. It acts as a lifeline between the Creator and His creation, and serves as a golden bridge between the two. The divine currents, like the ethereal waves of a radio, are spread out in the atmosphere in all directions of the compass, giving out delectable strains of melody, 
We, however, cannot catch the ethereal vibrations and listen to the divine melody until we get in tune with the infinite by adjusting our mental apparatus. Therefore, we must become etherealized more and more as we come in tune with the heavenly music. Shabd is the connecting link between God and man. That's a passage from Kripal Singh. Now for some excerpts from the book Gurmat Siddhat, or Siddhant, the philosophy of the masters. What is Shabd? The Shabd, sound current, word, or Holy Spirit, is not a subject matter for speech or writing. In order to make it understood, we can only say this much, namely that it is the quintessence of the Lord and that it sustains millions of universes and regions. It is the sole current of consciousness. It is the celestial melody. It is the life current which originates from the Lord and pervades everything. The Lord creates and sustains the entire universe through this great current of power. It gives life to the whole of the creation and can take every living being back to his original home, or the Supreme Lord. The currents of the Lord pervade everywhere like radio waves. His divine music fills all space. Unless our radios are correctly tuned to it, we cannot hear this music. As we grow more and more subtle, we begin to hear clearly its melodies. Shabd is a string which connects everyone and everything with the Lord. The Shabd is the basis of all true religions, for religion means that which connects us with the Lord. All the forces of nature are sustained by the Shabd. The life force is also its manifestation, even though it is working in the regions of maya or illusion. Like electricity, shabd or shabad, whether manifest or unmanifest, pervades everywhere. It is all-powerful, and it is the creator of all. How may we hear this sound? If our ears cease to hear the outer sounds and our eyes cease to see, the outer sights, then we can hear the call of the Lord. When in this way our thoughts cease to wander out, we begin to hear the inner melodies and to relish the celestial joy, and then the secrets of the Lord begin to be revealed to us. Which is the place where the Shabd is heard? There are ten doors or senses, openings of the body. Nine are outer, and one is inner. So long as the soul wanders in the outer nine doors, it is being robbed of its birthright. It is not able to see the precious inner treasure. There is, however, the tenth door, where the heavenly music is heard. Guru Ramdas says that one should turn the attention of the soul away from the nine doors, and after controlling the senses and the wandering mind, should take the soul to the tenth door, from which a path leads upwards to the original home. 
The unstruck music is resounding there day and night, but this can only be heard by following Gurumat, the teachings of the Masters, the Masters' directions. It says in the Sikh scriptures, He who closes the nine doors and stills his wandering mind enters through the tenth door, his original home. Here's day and night, the unstruck music through the Guru's instructions. Unquote. The human body is the temple of the Lord. The Shabd is inside it and can easily be realized. It is the birthright of all, whether one is rich or poor, literate or illiterate, belonging to one country or religion or another, all can realize the Shabd by receiving initiation from a perfect master. After becoming a devotee, we can easily practice listening to the sound, and this practice quickly bears fruit. Selections from the book Gurmat Siddhant, The Philosophy of the Masters. Why is initiation considered very necessary for inner spiritual progress? This is an excerpt from a wonderful article by Don Howard, Evaluating a Spiritual Teacher. I've uploaded it to my website. If you'd like to receive a link to the full article, send me an email. I'll be happy to send this to you. It's all about evaluating gurus, spiritual teachers, the true, the false, how to tell the difference between one and the other. It's a wonderful article. Ask for the article by Don Howard by sending me an email at this address, james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. Don Howard. Evaluating a Spiritual Teacher Spiritual seeking has the not-so-modest goal of revealing nothing less than the divine, the truth, or ultimate reality. For far less modest goals than this, we would not dare attempt their achievement without a qualified teacher. Our universities and the degrees they confer bear witness to this fact. For example, we would never attempt to acquire the skills of a professional airline pilot with mere reading. Nor would we dare take instructions from someone who himself has never flown. Common sense requires that we approach subjects such as aviation or any number of other technical subjects with the help of skillful teachers and tried and true curricula. Why then would we assume that the highest and arguably the most difficult of all goals could be achieved without a teacher or guide? To seek for the truth sounds simple, but once the search begins, the enormity of the task begins to emerge. A guide or teacher is not only desirable, but practically speaking, a necessity. The Persian mystic Rumi warns, Seek a perfect master, for without the master this journey abounds with perils, lures, and pitfalls. Without the protecting hand of the master you will be bewildered, says Rumi. In the East it is axiomatic that a genuine teacher is required if the seeker is to make any real progress. Those are some excerpts from a wonderful essay by Don Howard, 
called Evaluating a Spiritual Teacher about the necessity of a master, especially when it comes to the need for a spiritual Sherpa guide to escort us up the spiritual mountain. You know, I know in my own search, I went as far as I could on my own, trying to figure things out on my own, being a reader and fan, a devotee of mystical texts, Gnostic texts, and various scriptures. But at some point, you need to have the techniques. You need to have the instruction from someone who themselves, they themselves experience these things. It's not just a matter of theory and public relations and posturing, but someone who is a genuine mystic to share their knowledge, to guide one, to be the catalyst serving to guide one into the experience of the inner light and sound. Not a matter of book learning. As the Gnostic bishop Stefan Holler once said, you can't read your way to enlightenment. We need a living teacher to guide us into the very subtle practices of meditation, inner seeing, and inner hearing. And this is part of the universal mystic tradition. You'll find it east and west if you examine Sethians and Valentinian Gnostics, Syriac mystics, solitaries, Sufis, and Sants. Masters of the name, East and West, you'll find living teachers and the communication from one generation to the next of spiritual techniques, meditation practices. And those are not to be found in old scriptures from long ago, not found in books. But it's something imparted between master and student. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. The following is from the book Morning Talks by Kripal Singh. What is man's most important task? It is to know oneself, to withdraw yourself from outside, from the outgoing faculties, by stilling the mind and concentrating at the seat of the soul in the body, which is at the back of the eyes, known as the third eye or single eye. This is where the soul recedes at the time of death. It is there that you will have self-awareness by rising above and forgetting the physical body. When you rise above body consciousness, you can know the controlling power within you. That is why all masters enjoin that we must know ourselves first. Self-knowledge precedes God-knowledge. When you become self-concentrated, the surat or attention will work wonders, whether it be directed, wherever it be directed. It is all a feat of the attention. If you first become attentive, concentrated within your own self by withdrawing from the outside, you will be able to rise above the physical body, and by rising still further, you will have divine consciousness. On the Path to Higher Consciousness by Kripal Singh How to Know Oneself it is a matter of not the level of feelings or emotions or drawing inferences. It is purely a subject of self-analysis, knowing oneself and knowing God. Higher consciousness can only be experienced or risen into. I would say if our own consciousness is first, 
all devoid of all outer coverings. Let me read that again. Higher consciousness can only be experienced or risen into, I would say, if our own consciousness is first all devoid of all outer coverings. So it is a matter of pure self-analysis how to rise above body consciousness. This is a demonstration which is given by all masters who came in the past and even now it is given. So when man rises above body consciousness practically he knows some power is controlling him in the body. Man body, his term for the human body or human form, is the true temple of God in which we reside as well as that higher power that controls us in the body. There are so many apertures in the man body, the human form, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, etc., but we cannot run away out of it. Some power is controlling us in the body. That consciousness comes only when we know ourselves by rising above body consciousness. This higher consciousness can be had when we transcend into the beyond. We transcend into the beyond when our attention is withdrawn from all outside and from the body below, rises up to the seat of the soul in the body, which is at the back of the two eyebrows, the third eye, or single eye. When one reaches there, it is just as Plutarch said, When a man is initiated into the mysteries of the beyond, the soul has the same experience of leaving the body as it has at the time of death. Kripal Singh, it is not a matter of visualization or feelings or drawing inferences. It is a matter of pure self-analysis, rising above body consciousness and to know one's self, to realize that this self is the one who is driving, who is enlivening the whole man-body below, and who also enables us to know the world outside. So this is the first step that a master has always given to be taught. The following is from Spiritual Elixir by Kripal Singh. Question. Please explain the importance of initiation. The reply, initiation by a perfect living master assures an escort in the unknown realms by one who himself is a frequent traveler to those regions. He knows the presiding deities or powers of these planes, conducts the spirit step by step, counsels at every turn and twist of the path, cautions against lurking dangers at each place, explaining in detail all that one desires to know. He is a teacher on all levels of existence, a guru on the earth plane, a guru dev, astral radiant form in the astral worlds, and a sat guru in the purely spiritual regions. The following is from Nam or Word by Kripal Singh. The correct and accurate method of spiritual sadhana, spiritual practice, meditation, contemplative practice, is explained by a master soul at the time of initiation. Our human body is like a receiving set for catching the sound current, and like a radio, has to be adjusted properly to bring 
yet in tune with the ethereal waves. The master at the time of initiation connects the spirit within with the lowest link of the all-pervading sound, and this contact can be developed by day-to-day practice to any length one may like. All sages and seers have counted upon Shabad or Shabd as the means of liberation. But one cannot take hold of the lifeline of the sound current without initiation into the esoteric teachings of the masters from a competent, living master soul and practicing the process of soul withdrawal at the still point in the body between and behind the two eyebrows. This is moving from the circumference of life to the center of life, and from here, the soul, following the lead of the sound principle, proceeds to her native home, the mansion of God, the source and fountainhead of the divine melody itself. With initiation and spiritual sadhana, or practice, one gradually becomes aware of his shortcomings and tries to weed them out. And the more he purifies himself, the more he grows into divine life. As the scales begin to drop off, the true values of life become more and more apparent. The spirit gradually gets freed from the shackles of the world and is enabled to transcend the physical body and make flights into the higher regions. Thereafter he, quote, walks not after the flesh, but after the spirit, unquote. A quote there from Romans 8.1, a quote from St. Paul. Kripal Singh, living in the world, he is no longer of the world. He now delights in the bliss of higher spiritual regions, and not in the pleasures of the senses and sense objects. The gift of Nam, or word, comes only from a master soul who, by injecting his own life impulse, befits an initiate for the spiritual journey. The measure and speed of advance, however, depends on the individual's own makeup, the ground on which he stands, and the preparation that he may have made in past incarnations. As each one has a different background, each one has his own starting point. The seed is sown, but its unfoldment, growth, and development depends on the nature of the soil in which it is planted. The master injects his own consciousness, light and sound, into each initiate. Once the contact with the divine link is established, and the spiritual experience gained, however little it may be to begin with, at the lowest level, it can, by regular day-to-day practice be developed to any length one likes until it becomes quite natural and normal, a matter of voluntary withdrawal of spirit currents, as and when one likes. A quote from Kripal Singh in a great spiritual classic on sound current in the world religions, Sikh scriptures, and in the teachings of the masters, the sound practice of Sant Mat, a great book called Nam or Word, which you can read for free online. Kripal Singh from Spiritual Elixir, excerpts from his letters to various satsangis, various initiates. Mind has to be stilled. Eyes have to be closed from all external views. 
and the ears likewise from all outer sounds. The soul currents of the body have to be withdrawn and collected at one center, the seat of the soul in the body, the third eye center. And this is done according to the instructions given at the time of initiation. This in brief is what is called spirituality, the proper type of meditation, the science of Paravidja, which has come down from ancient times and is known today as Sant Mat. That's from Kripal Singh, Spiritual Elixir. I'll share more from Spiritual Elixir shortly, giving you a sense of what the meditation practice is like, what the initiation makes one able to do in terms of meditation practices. In Satmat meditation, there are three basic inner practices. Simran, or Manas Jap, the mental repetition of sacred names of God. One can also verbally sing or chant these names, but only in brief, you know, in private, briefly for a couple of minutes, something like that. For the most part, this is a mental mantra, a guru mantra to be practiced in the mind. Two, Dhyan, the yoga of inner light, seeing with the third eye. Kripal Singh said, That which sees the dark veil within, without the help of your physical eyes, is the inner eye. That is such a helpful passage. You know, you don't need to worry about finding your third eye in a physical, external, forehead sort of way. But from the vantage point of someone with eyes closed meditating, as Kripal Singh says, that which sees the dark veil within without the help of your physical eyes is the inner eye. The third practice, bhajan, also known as Surat Shabad Yoga, the yoga of hearing the inner sound current, meditation upon the audible life stream, transcendental hearing, hearing the sound of silence. Kripal Singh, in Spiritual Elixir, excerpts from his letters to various initiates, satsangis, disciples, devotees, those who have been put on the way, those who have been put on to the path. The repetition of the charged names is given to the disciple as a weapon against all dangers. It acts also as a password to all the spiritual planes, gives strength and sustenance to the body and mind during trouble and affliction, and brings the soul near the master. It is instrumental in achieving concentration and imparts many other diverse powers. The five charged names given by a true master are electrified words. Also from Kripal Singh, so many of the cases of failure in meditation are due to want of accuracy in the method, lack of love and devotion, not following the proper diet, mixing in other methods or exercises, stuff from other paths. Kripal saying, all of the lapses come from the disciple. This is the way of being born anew and to enter the kingdom of God. Learn to die so that you may begin to live. This is what Christ taught, as well as all other masters did. You are fortunate to be put on the way to God. If you are inclined to follow this way sincerely with full confidence in the Master, by the grace of the Master, the Master power overhead 
will extend to you all feasible help. Kripal Singh on inner seeing. The light within should be penetrated while fixing your gaze intently in its center when it will grow stronger and burst to give you further way up. Similarly, the sound current as coming from the right side should be listened to with rapt attention. The scattering of mind will be subdued if you will please learn to devote single-minded attention for looking and listening within. The light and sound are so efficacious that if absorbingly attended to, the mind will be stilled. You may say some prayer before your meditation, creating an aura which would serve as hemming all around you, and you will feel the presence of the Master to your great joy. Please remember that the mind itself is inert and takes life from spirit, which when attuned to the inner manifestations becomes calm. Please remember that mind itself is inert and takes life from spirit, which when attuned to the inner manifestations becomes calm, says Kripal Singh. The precious moments of earth life spent in spiritual practices count credibly towards one's eventual emancipation from the wheel. Be regular and lovingly devoted to your holy meditations, as that is the central pivot around which the whole sacred teaching revolves, and therein an all-around development of the soul is granted. Also from Kripal Singh, Spiritual Elixir. Letters to Initiates, which sometimes sound personal to the reader, even though originally these letters were written to others long ago. They live on, and one can see oneself in this same process of learning and concentrating and having success with the light and sound meditation. Kirpal Singh, I am glad that you are blessed with stabilized meditations and that you see within celestial lights and hear melodious bell sounds. The sound does not lessen, as you have stated, but the attention slackens, and if it is centered without any worry or thought of the body below or the outside world, You will find that this sound current will become stronger, draw closer, and ultimately draw your soul within to the radiant form of the Master. The scattering of mind may be overcome by one-pointed attention and absorption in the holy sound. A quote from another letter. I am glad that you are lovingly devoted to your holy meditations with the result that you are blessed with divine light and holy sound current of Big Bell. I am glad to note that you saw stars, sun, and moon, as well as the form of the master, and heard the sound of the conch shell. In future, when you see stars, just try to pick out the big star among them and fix your inner gaze into the middle thereof. It will grow brighter and ultimately burst to give you further way up. If, however, you see the sun and the moon within you, just look into the middle thereof. That will also give you a way up. 
But when you see the form of the Master within, just absorb yourself sweetly into it, so much so that you forget yourself. That will develop receptivity in you, and the Master will speak to you as he does outside. The holy sound current of bells, roaring thunder, conch, violin, or any other sound of higher order as coming from the right side should be listened to with rapt attention. It will draw closer, grow stronger, and ultimately come from above. Another selection from Spiritual Elixir, excerpts from Letters to Initiates. Paul Singh's letters to satsangis. This is a free book that's available online, as is Nam or Word and the other Kripal Singh books I've quoted today. Send me an email if you'd like to get a link to these Kripal Singh books online. My email address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. The following is from a satsang discourse by Baba Ram Singh Ji. Whenever we are doing Simran, repeating the sacred names given to us at the time of our initiation, he is looking after us. In the following Satsang discourse, Baba Ram Singh talks about Simran. The repetition of sacred names is done, of course, at the beginning of our meditation practice in Santmat. And also Simran is practiced as often as possible throughout the day. Spiritual breaks, to recenter, to refocus, to gather our scattered attention, to change the energy, to just shield ourselves from the negative thoughts and energies of others and refocus once again. So we stop what we're doing, we close our eyes and do some Simran, take a Simran break, or say Simran within our mind as we go about tasks in order to spiritualize the day. So, Simran is not only a practice for meditation, practice done during meditation, but is a spiritual exercise, a technique we try to do as often as we can throughout the day and the evening in order to focus and refocus, to remember in a world of forgetfulness, to become spiritually awake and maintain that awakening in a world that always wants to put us to sleep. Baba Ram Singh. Whenever we are doing Simran, repeating the sacred names given to us at the time of our initiation, he is looking after us. So therefore Simran is the first step on the ladder, on the path of Santmat. The more Simran you do, the faster you will move within, and the lesser Simran you do, the slower will be the progress. When we are doing our Simran, we are getting the grace of the Master and getting his attention. So, whenever we do Simran, he is looking after us. And even when we sit in a car and we are traveling, we should do our Simran. Many times, some event has to happen, some accident or something like that. Then also, the Master helps us. And with Simran, we are also able to save ourselves from doing some bad deeds. So as a result, we should continuously keep doing our Simran and stay connected with our Master. There is a benefit in doing Simran. One is that by doing Simran, your deeds are getting redeemed automatically. You are progressing within. And you are also getting the grace and mercy of the Master by doing so. Unquote. 
from a satsang discourse by Baba Ram Singh on doing Simran practice and living in divine grace. We need as much of that as we can in our day-to-day lives. Bending time and space with divine grace by having a spiritual dimension that we inhabit. More power to the observer, focusing their attention. Travel within is through the means of attention. The more we focus our attention on a light or on a sound or in Simran practice, the more success we have. It's all about attention, the attention faculty of the soul, surat, focusing its attention on the shabad, the positive power, the divine light, love, and sound, and becoming yoked to it, which is the meaning of the word yoga. Surat, shabad, yoga. More power to the observer that contributes their attention, making the vastness of this bubble universe more bearable, finding some light and love in the darkness and sound in the silence, strains of heavenly music coming from beyond, the positive power of the Shabda, the inner love, light, and sound is divine grace busting into worlds of time and space, liberating souls. Otherwise, our existence would remain a never-ending karmic treadmill What a powerful thing, what a radical thing for some incarnating being, a bubble of consciousness, to turn their attention from the world outside to the world of within. Wrapping up today's satsang, Today's edition of the Sant Mat Satsang Podcast. A poem of Guru Kabir taking us out, wrapping up today's program. As Kabir says, it is the mercy of my true teacher, the Sat Guru, that has made me to know the unknown. I have learned from him how to walk without feet, to see without eyes, to hear without ears to drink without mouth, to fly without wings. Thanks for joining me today.